From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in a fun and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Amanda. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Devante. We're so glad you're here. As a disclaimer, due to social distancing guidelines and keeping us all at home safely, we have recorded this episode virtually and sound quality may be impacted. Hello, Wallet Watch listeners. So we are going to take a break from interviewing anyone from the community or any of the experts that we know and just have a conversation among the three of us Wallet Watch hosts. Again, with our season theme, innovation and education, we wanted to talk today and just have a conversation about professional development and continuing education. So Devante, do you kind of have definitions of those to start us off with? Yes, Amanda, I do have some definitions for those two. So when it comes to continuing education, One of the definitions that I found while doing some research was that it generally refers to any post-secondary learning or programs that adults pursue after formal education. So when they're talking about formal education, it is related to generally high school. Post-secondary is thinking about what happens after high school, that pursuing of education after high school, like trade school, college, certificate programs. But I also think that continuing education can be in a non-traditional sense. So when you think about learning, maybe uh, reading a book for the involvement of your education that you may have. Um, And then when we think about professional development, um, usually what professional development is, is those classes that we pursue that a lot of times they're job related, um, but they help to extend just that our professional development, whether it's a even if you're thinking like a, a management class or a certificate program, those types of things I think can be seen as professional development. What do you think about my definitions, Lindsay? I love your definitions, Devante. Um, and and as I'm thinking about that and relating it back to myself too, I want to add a little bit to that just to say um, I think it could also include just being that lifelong learner and working on yourself too. So involving a little bit of introspection or self-reflection and thinking of areas, how can I become a better person holistically? Because I think there are a lot of lifelong lessons that you can learn from investing in some like self-help books, as Amanda and I were talking earlier, uh, which can really correspond or translate over into uh professional development and relationships with others. So yeah, I definitely feel like we need to include that. But I, I really love that you brought up, you know, that professional development as well as continuing education, because I don't think anyone should ever, you know, feel inferior that they don't have a traditional um, education, right? Like those licenses, those certificates are definitely just as valid and continuing education can come in all different forms. I like that too. And I also think that professional development is different depending on where you have your career or your job. 
and what your employer is offering can be very different. I know we are very lucky to have not only yearly professional development that's created for us, but we also have the opportunity to maybe take a certification or a class in a skill set that can help us with our job. Um, and then also we're lucky too that our employer offers tuition reimbursement. So if continuing education in a formal sense of getting your bachelor's degree or like a master's degree, um, they are able to kind of reimburse you and help pay you for that if it relates to the skills and the job that you're working on. Yeah, so when we're thinking about continuing education or professional development, the interesting stat that I found was that the average person has about 12 jobs in their lifetime. And I thought that was interesting. And then it made me think, well, if people are having 12 jobs, let's say, theoretically, that's like four careers, right? Let's say it's three jobs in each career. How do they do that? How do you pivot? How does education or continuing education and professional development kind of impact those decisions? I definitely see it kind of in both ways. I know for me personally, I started out in public education with a teaching certificate. And so it was really easy for me to pivot to the credit union and eventually get into my role as a financial educator. Um, and similar kind of pivoting for my mom, she was a nurse for many, many years and went back and got her master's and now she's teaching nursing. Um, but I think it's also possible on the flip side of, you know, going back and getting some continuing education or maybe even getting a certificate in something that has no relation to a previous career just to get something different. Or maybe you find out later in life that what your original career was in isn't really lining up with your passions. And so I, I've heard of people and I imagine lots of people do that. They go back and get something completely different and just start a whole new brand new career. Yeah, um, I'm similar to Amanda in the respect that I, my background is also in public education. And um, previous to working for the credit union, if we're starting like way back, looking way back, my most of my experience was in the food industry, working for restaurants and things like that. So as I was doing my long-term subbing and after I'd received my certification, um, a lot of things came to light for me that just teaching in the traditional sense was not something that I thought it, it was, but I knew that my passion did lie with teaching. So I had expressed this to a bunch of friends and family members and uh, my sister-in-law actually had worked for a nonprofit that helps people with financial counseling. Um, and she saw that as a great opportunity for me because they did have a training and education department for their financial counselors. So I ended up taking on that job. Um, it did require a four-year degree, so I could use my um, teaching degree for that. That was kind of my foot in the door and um, start working my way in. So I ended up gaining a lot of financial knowledge um, which led to my position working for the credit union. And then after a period of time, I ended up becoming a financial educator. So I feel like this is this job. Yeah. Is genuinely the perfect mirroring of passions of mine and being able to work for a great organization. But I really 
don't know that I would have had that opportunity had I not done a little bit of uh, like communication and social networking and seeing what was out there and really seeing what other opportunities might connect with the expertise that I already had. And then also being willing to venture out in an industry I honestly did not know that much about. Um, so kind of thinking about continuing education, I know Devante, you were talking, we've kind of said like traditional and non-traditional. Um, I feel like it can be really intimidating to try and go back to school, whether that's after high school and, you know, taking a time off and trying to pursue a bachelor's degree or going back and getting your master's degree. Do you all have any ideas for ways to do that continuing education without that bigger price tag of getting that degree or getting a certification? So for me, during 2020, because of the nature of our jobs, of course, we were getting our footing and, you know, transitioning over to virtual presentations. I went on a site called Coursera. And during that time, they were offering like free certificates to these different classes. But I got the opportunity to learn about like money and emotions just so I could sharpen my skills as an educator. And then um, also uh, took a course on um, diversity, equity, and inclusion around the world. So to not just have, you know, a picture of uh, what it looks like in America, um, but what it, you know, kind of what that thought is worldwide. And it was interesting. I don't think I completed all of the DEI around the world class just because work started to kick back up quite a bit and I was like all right well you know I'm gonna put this on the side and then I just didn't go back to it so checking around to because just because it's a university doesn't mean that they're all of their classes are going to be expensive there are community organizations where they partner with different universities and in turn with that partnership it allows you to be able to access that information or that course at a lower cost. I really like that, um, looking for opportunities for those partnerships for discounts at universities. And then also while you were talking, I was kind of thinking of, I know I'm locally in like the Lansing area and MSU has an, a program called MSU Extension that offers a lot of different classes and all different kinds of topics. So it could be professional development, things that you want to help you get better skills or gain higher skill levels and that can help you in your career or just that kind of continuing education, like learning how to garden or be a beekeeper. And I also, my neighbor is a librarian. So I want to give her a shout out because libraries are awesome and they have a lot of free resources too. So not only at her library, but also in the Lansing area, the capital area district libraries have classes, they have resources. I am always getting audiobooks from them to listen to or ebooks to read and it's free. I don't have to pay for that because I have a library card. 
I love all those free programs you're talking about, Amanda. Um, one of those with uh, my mom, she is a housekeeper and she was looking at getting back into more of that, you know, corporate world um, so she could have days off and benefits and healthcare and things like that. So one of the things that she personally did was took a course. I can't remember if it was through the library or a lot of community centers also offer opportunities too, because being proficient in things like Excel and Word wasn't something that was available to her back when she was in high school or taking college courses once upon a time. So she was able to do that and be able to add that to her resume, which was a really great opportunity. And I think a lot of that too can also stem from finding those opportunities just from having conversations with your employer and your leadership team as well, just to let them know like what you're interested in. And oftentimes they're able to hook you up with opportunities to help just professionally grow you as well, whether that be recommending a book or a podcast to listen to, or suggesting you take a certain professional route to get to where you wanna be. So at our job, we have a financial counseling certification program. We as financial educators are able to take. So that's something that I'm currently working on to uh, help with my professional growth. But yeah, I really think a lot of that you know, sometimes that responsibility can fall back on your shoulders just to ask and inquire and see what's out there. Devante provided us with some kind of definitions and we kind of explored and talked about what professional development and continuing education looks like. But I want to pose a question to you all about why do you, why do you think it's important? Why, why is continuing education and professional development something that everyone should pursue at whatever job or career level they are, where they're at in their life. So I think we're always learning. And I think the minute that you think that you're all done learning is the minute you quit growing. Um, I really feel that there is always some sort of knowledge to be obtained out there. And as long as you're looking for those opportunities and investing in yourself, I feel that there are so many more, there are endless possibilities ahead of you at that point. So I think that it's important. I like what Lindsay said earlier about being a lifelong learner. And I think that whether you want to be or not, everybody is a lifelong learner because um, the world is ever changing. When we think about things like technology, right? Um, the technology that we all grew up with is far different now than, you know, the technology that is currently out, the capabilities that it has and things like that. So as that continues to change, somebody has to learn it. And as it continues to be a staple in our workplace, we're going to have to learn new things about it. But I also think when we think about like continuing education is we have community colleges as well, which they cost less than the traditional university. And then apprenticeships, which is where um, you can be kind of paid for getting that, for going through that schooling and then be kind of guaranteed that job on the other end of that. Um, I have a brother-in-law and that's what he did. He, you know, was, uh, he went to apprentice school and he wound up being able to work for the government doing, um, building different things for them. And it's been something that's very, been very lucrative for his family. So there's definitely those different mediums 
of education. But yeah, I just think that we're all lifelong learners and the thirst for knowledge keeps you sharp. Like, and I think the more that we try and extend our knowledge, the sharper it gets and the stronger it gets. I love that you said that too, Devante, that you have to nurture that part of your brain. And sometimes I find that hard to do just (laughs) with being stretched so thin from time to time, being a parent, um, working full time having my hands in a number of different things. But it's like Amanda had reminded me too, you know, like when we're researching for our job, we oftentimes will end up writing articles for the app that the credit union has, Financial 4.0. And she reminded me, you know, like, hey, when you're researching topics for that, you know, that's you investing in yourself. That's that's some of your own professional growth and development right there. And that is so true. I end up learning so much because let's face it, in our industry, you're never gonna know it all because there's always someone finding a new way to try and rob people or some new development about credit that we haven't um, learned about that has since evolved. Um, so in this ever-changing world, you really have to, like you said, keep up. And so sometimes what I like to do to challenge myself is just sign up for a presentation or an article that I know absolutely nothing about. (laughs) And then I'll research it a bit. Or if I have questions, I'll reach out to experts in those fields to be able to make sure that my understanding of what I'm reading about or what I'm learning about is on track. Other things that I like to do is, for example, I recently purchased the Five Love Languages book. And upon starting to read and delve into that a little bit, I realized when you're learning about how people accept and receive love, you're learning a lot about how a person communicates. And I feel like that can be, it it can be translated into, you know, our our work culture as well. Just because if I know a little bit more about a person's love language, I know a little bit more about how they best receive feedback um, or how they would like feedback to be given to them. Um, So I think it's really interesting, even when you're doing something that you think is just for you or you think is just for you and your immediate family, you can kind of take it outside that scope and apply it to other areas of your life um, to be able to professionally grow. I think it's just being open and perceptive to those opportunities as well. I really like that you said that, Lindsay, because um, earlier when Devante was talking about lifelong learning um, and kind of the importance of learning, I was thinking about how learning can impact communities and that phrase or that quote, like ignorance is bliss. And yeah, sometimes ignorance can be bliss, but I think also ignorance can also trap you in different cycles. And that education that you receive or learning can be really empowering. Um, And I just even think back to like my school teacher days when you would see a kid, that light bulb going off and they were just so excited that they learned something. And the first thing they wanted to do was share that with someone else and teach someone else to do that. And just kind of the effect that education and learning has on communities. um, I think that relates to our jobs too, again, like, that's one of the big passions that we have as financial educators is this knowledge and this education we have taking it back out to the community and sharing that with others so that they can also have this education to empower their lives as well 
and I have a statistic. It's a little bit older, but I think it's still relevant. It's from 2013, and this is from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, and they say that the median annual wage for full-time workers ages 25 and o- older, whose highest level of education was a master's degree, was 68000 compared to um, 56000 of those who have the highest level of just a bachelor's degree. Um, so I feel like that gap is maybe even bigger nowadays. Um, but just having that master's degree could potentially, you could earn $12,000 more a year. That's a huge impact on someone's life. But Lindsay and I have had the conversation too, what's the flip side, right? So if you have to obtain debt to get that master's degree, is that increase in your wages worth it? There's all that math to look into. What are the interest rates on those loans? How much do you have to take out? What debt do you have already? And really it's, it does come down to everyone's individual situations on whether paying out of pocket for education is worth it with even that potential income increase. Yeah, I definitely agree. You have to look at what your um, career path is moving forward. Are you going to want to stay on the career path that you're currently in? Um, And maybe that doesn't require any further education, um, but are you okay with where you're at? And meaning like financially, career-wise, like you know, kind of asking yourself that age old question of like, where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years from now? You know, if you if you want to go into management or, you know, another form of leadership, obviously you're going to have to expand yourself a little bit further and do more of that continuing education in in some form. Um, However, if you can't afford to or if that is not a drive that you have, you know, it's just getting comfortable, but still seeking opportunities to continue education in other facets of your life. Um, And still, I think professional development, it it may just be more of those, you know, free resources or low cost resources that we talked about too. Um, So you're still a valuable employee. So you're still someone that's investing in your own learning and your own growth and development. Yeah, I had a boss, um, we were just talking about kind of my career goals and things like that. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe after I'm done with my bachelor's degree, I want to go ahead and get my master's. And they were like, has anybody asked you if you need your master's or have they said that you need your master's? At first I was like, excuse me, huh? What you mean anybody asked me? But when I thought about it, it really does speak to that value, right? Um, Have you made your current degree work for you? Have you really, you know, ensured that what you have has, you know, kind of taken you to your maximum point? And now in order to go to another point, then you are going to go ahead and pursue that master's degree is that really going to be more valuable for you than for you to maybe find, instead of a a master's degree, maybe finding certificate programs that are less expensive that are going to take you to that new height that you're thinking of. 
I think that's really a valid statistic and a really a good thing for people to think about. Um, the other thing that I've thought about too, when it comes to professional development, often we work with our manager, our boss to kind of guide us through professional development. But I also think, and this is something that I would love to do in the future is finding a mentor that really is kind of like invested in your growth and your education and creating some kind of relationship with someone that can help guide you through that. Cause I feel like sometimes it can be a little bit daunting or scarier. You might be a little bit confused on like, okay, this is my goal. How do I get there? And I feel like having a good mentor that can guide you through and has some expertise and some knowledge to help you reach that goal could be really awesome applications for Amanda's mentor. I'm putting them out there. (laughs) But now that you mentioned that too, Amanda, it made me think of, you know, people getting involved in therapy or counseling. And that is another great way to invest in your personal growth, which can lead to a lot of those professional growth conversations as well. Um, So that could be a really good place to start perhaps for someone who is wanting to explore some of that, you know, mentoring that you're you're suggesting. Because again, like I said earlier, a lot of that I think can translate into different areas of your life. Lindsay, I love that. I love just thinking about education kind of from a more innovative or different lens. Amanda, when you were talking about a mentor, again, just thinking about that from a, a lens of helping you to continue learning professionally um having a mentor i've had more than a few (laughs) um since i probably started college and um even if the relationship doesn't necessarily last a long time um or it goes off course just because of life i always learn something from them and then in turn it creates kind of a a professional connection that i'll always have Um, Because I don't believe in, you know, leaving things sour with anybody. So it's always someone I can go back and I can talk to about different things or even knowing like, oh, yeah, they do this. or Maybe I could recommend this person to them for that. Also being a part of that, that connection or that network like you talked about. Before, you know, we wind down our time together today. Um, I wanted to leave you all with a statistic. The National Center for Education showed that those with a college degree were more likely to take advantage of work-related continuing education programs than those without. Now, what I want to say is that I don't think that this statistic shows that anyone with a college degree or without a college degree, we're not talking about better or worse or anything like that or more smart or not, but really talking about once you start to become that learner and you continue on post in that post high school realm whether it's a a trade or community college or a certificate program whatever those things are i think that it makes you thirsty for that extended level of knowledge so um with getting that college degree i got the opportunity to um really uh, go after education on my own because you know that no one tells you like you got to get up for class you got to do this you got to do that you really figure that thing out on your own um, and with that it made me realize that oh 
I really, really do like school. I like learning. Um, even though in high school, I was like, oh, child, I can't wait to get out of here. So learning, it made me want to continue learning. And now I, I'll take a class in a minute. <laughs> I definitely agree with you, um, Devante. When I was in my college days, I wished that I could have just kept going to school because I loved it that much. Um, I would not say that I was that way in high school at all. Um, but I, I definitely found my love for learning in my college classes. And I wish that that were something that I could just continue to do. Um, if I could, if I could be a full-time student and a part-time worker, <laughs> I definitely would. Um, but considering that that is not necessarily realistic, I think, you know, one of my takeaways from today's conversation is to continue to explore ways that I can continue my education and whether that be through free resources and avenues, but also it just has incited me to, you know, really think critically about where do I want to be moving forward? What do I want to do? Is this, you know, is financial educator going to be, you know, my lifelong profession or is there something more that I want to explore that way I can continue to invest in myself? Well, I agree with both of you. I think, you know, once you take that step and, you know, dive into more of a formal education after high school, you can find a love for it. Now, I'm not saying I feel like it's still not for everyone. I feel like there's a lot of different avenues that life brings people. But again, I like your takeaway, Lindsay, and I think I have a similar one of like looking into those free resources that I have or trying to talk within my network and seeing what my network knows about continuing education and what resources that they can help guide me to. Um, and that's definitely something that I have taken away from our conversation today. Well, I think that um, my takeaway would be we are lifelong learners. Um, I never really thought about it from that particular perspective, but um, you're gonna learn whether you're looking for it or not. But if you are looking for it, then you can be intentional in what it is that you do learn and seeing how it can help to better your life. So that's my takeaway from our conversation today. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. MSU FCU and OU Credit Union have many products and services for our members. We have multiple checking, savings, and loan options. Our checking accounts have what you need. Whether you prefer no minimum balance or earning dividends, we have the perfect account for you. You'll enjoy surcharge-free access to over 30,000 ATMs nationwide. Near or far, we are wherever you are. Our checking accounts also include access to free direct deposit, free bill payment, and free access to your FICO credit score. We have a variety of dividend paying accounts from standard savings, money market, and certificates to fit all your needs. Our multiple loan options include personal loans, auto loans, mortgages, and multiple credit card offerings. From low interest rates to tiered benefits, we have the right product for you. If you'd like to find out more or become a member, 
please visit msufcu.org. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Kahn, Devante Montgomery, and me, Lindsay Morgan. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.